In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. You'll have to bear with us while the uh, choir is on vacation. It will, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the Byzantine choir. Um, but today, that's not what I'm here to talk about. Uh, today, when I, I'm here to talk about all saints and, and saints in general. And when I was little, I asked my mom why my baptismal name was Aristides instead of Robert. To which she lovingly responded, because there is no Saint Robert. So we picked a saint whose name started with an R, so you are Aristides. Let me tell you that I was a bit underwhelmed by this revelation. Sensing I wasn't buying it, she followed up quickly with, don't worry though, my baptismal name is Cleanthe, and there's no Saint Cleanthe. And all of a sudden, I was more confused than ever. So I asked, then why did they name you Cleanthe if there is no Saint Cleanthe? To which she hilariously responded, I guess that would be so that I could be the first one. In my mother's Banco group, her, among her friends, there are a couple of Cleanthes, and they all share this sentiment. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's a competition to see who gets to be a, a Saint Cleanthe first. But, and, uh, and, and one of them is going to have to be a saint. And on this Sunday, this Feast of All Saints, when we wish a Kronia Pola to all the Cleanthes or anyone who doesn't have a patron saint proper, your friendly neighborhood pastoral assistant is going to give you all a leg up towards sainthood so that you can be the first of your saint's name. So buckle up, my pre-canonized candidates, because today we're going to talk about what does, it what does it take to become a saint? In Greek, the term saint is aios or aya or aiyi, which literally translated means holy or holy one. But when you break down the word aios, it literally means unearthly or a meaning like not a, right? And ye, which means earth. So to first talk about saints, we need to talk about how things that are holy are not of this earth. They aren't meant to be something we see every day. Holy things are set apart, are set aside, or sanctified, if we want to take the Latin approach to the term. And if you want to be a saint, you must embody this quality. You must be in the world as Christ is in the world, but not of the world. For example, here's an example of what I mean. Saint Anthony, the father of monks, was born in Egypt in 251 to pious parents who departed this life. And when he was young, he heard the gospel that said, if you will be perfect, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor. And immediately, Saint Anthony put this into action, distributing all he had to the poor and fleeing from the turmoil of the world and he departed into the desert. So Saint Anthony the Great, in a very literal approach to sainthood, abandoned this earthly life and all that this world has to offer so that he could pursue a holy or unearthly life. Abandoning our life, something we are all called to do, doesn't necessarily mean becoming a monk. For many of the saints, especially the saints we commemorate today, to live not of this earth meant that they live in heaven. 
Of course, I am speaking of the victorious martyrs who gave their life for Christ. I would like to share with you one particular saint who might stand out as being completely unearthly to us. I'm talking about the neo-martyr Ephthemios of Mount Athos who died in 1814. Raise your hand if you've heard of him. Wow, awesome. Uh, he lived most of his life in Constantinople during the war between Russia and Turkey. And because of the hard times that were in the city of Constantinople, he was pressured and seduced into abandoning his Christian ways and becoming a Muslim. But this decision never sat well with him. As time went on, he began to look for a Christian priest who might be able to help him renounce Islam and become Christian again. But this was very dangerous. If the Muslim authorities found out that he had renounced Islam, they would put him and anyone who helped him to death. So he fled the country in secret with help from the Russians to Mount Athos in Greece, where he was received into the church and became a monk named Ephthemios. And some of you are like, well, Rob, he just became a monk. That's what you just said. He left the world to be a monk. Aha! But the story doesn't end there. Many of us would consider it enough that he became a monk and gave his life to Christ. He abandoned the world. But St. Ephthemios wasn't made for this world, even in the monastic sense of the word. Ephthemios read the Neomartyrologion, of St. Nicodemus, a, 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 a collection of martyr story, the lives of the martyrs, and was inspired by these examples of the neo-martyrs. He saw what the church fathers had done to imitate Christ, and then he imitated them. He then became consumed with a desire to wipe out his apostasy with blood of martyrdom. St. Ephthemios, with a monk named Gregory, arrived back in Constantinople. So he left Mount Athos and arrived in Constantinople on March 19, 1814. Removing his monastic garb, he dressed himself as a Muslim and went to the palace of the Grand Vizier. And St. Ephthemios, holding a cross and palms in his hands, confessed that he was an Orthodox Christian and wished to die for Christ. And he denounced Muhammad and the Muslim religion, then trampled on the turban he had worn on his head, which led the authorities to believe that he was either drunk or crazy. No, he was just not of this world. The Grand Vizier ordered the saint to be beaten and put in prison, and Saint Ephthemios eventually was brought before him, who said to him, have you reconsidered your statement, or do you remain stubborn? And Saint Ephthemios replied, there is only one true faith, that of the Orthodox Christians. How can I believe in your false prophet Muhammad? Before St. Ephthemios was put to death by beheading, he asked to have his bonds removed so he could leave this world willingly. And after he kissed the cross he had with him, he willingly became a martyr so that he would no longer live in the world but would live in Christ in eternity in heaven. This is just one example of what a saint is. I couldn't even begin to tell you all of the stories and all the different ways that this cloud of witnesses that we are surrounded by have become saints. It's not that the saints are holier than thou. It's not that they were better or worse. Saints 
are just different. They see the world in a way that brings them closer to Christ. They see through this veil of tears into the next life, into paradise. And isn't that what all of us are called to do? To not fit into the world? To stand out of the crowd? To renounce the earthly, the mundane, the fashionable, the comfortable, the convenient, all so that we can be with Christ. It is difficult to pin down a path to sainthood, and perhaps I am only speaking in the most drastic terms, you know, martyrs, monastics. After all, how many of us face execution today for going against the societal grain, right? It might be easier to hone in on what it means to be a saint by asking one of the greats, Saint Paul. Saint Paul puts it so eloquently and so simply for us in his first letter to the Corinthians. He says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. You see, we can try to figure out all the different ways to become a saint. We can play the role of the martyr or abandon this world for a monastic life. We can even try to work with the poor, the hungry, the lonely, or the sick in some kind of unearthly way. But the simplest way that we can become a saint is to imitate those who imitate Christ. How many of us perhaps using this definition of a saint could find someone today if we understood that a saint is simply someone who the church says, yes, it is okay to imitate them because they imitated Christ. If being a saint means that we live in such a way that we imitate Christ, who among us is unable to achieve sainthood? Metropolitan Anthony Bloom often said it in his homilies and sermons that we should try to live in such a way that if the Gospels were lost, they could be rewritten by looking at us. I challenge all of you to look at the lives of the saints, to look at the life of your patron saint, and to look at the lives of those around you and see the ways that people emulate Christ. See their martyrdom in motherhood. See their ascetic struggles. See their unearthliness and try to be like them. And that, my friends, may be the best way to become a saint. Who knows? You might be the first of your name. Through the prayers of our holy fathers and mothers, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us.